Amen. Hey, once again, we are in the process of world religions, cults, and the occult, and specifically, that's right, we have little parentheses tonight, the history of New Age. Uh, as you've been following along there, we've already kind of been cruising on that so far. We've seen uh, Mr. Swedenborg, okay? How many guys name your next cat Blavatsky? Yes. Are you serious? Well, praise God for... Well, that is a built on a lie, so what you just told was a lie, and... We'll talk about that later, but anyway, that's right, <laughs> no, but anyway, so, and then it moved on to Basant, and then Steiner, and then Casey, and we left off with Alice Bailey, remember Alice Bailey with the Lucifer Publishing Company, and then Lucis Trust Lucifer, the light bearer that the devil's a good guy, that tells you where their source is coming from, okay, but we need to finish up a little bit with Alice Bailey, we didn't get to last week, and then we'll move on to the next uh, chronological order of new age, all right, so Alice Bailey, Alice Bailey, of course, uh, just like with the other ones we saw before with Blavatsky and the others, uh, one common thread that they also have when they're getting these teachings from the demonic world, and this is where it's coming from, the channeling, as we saw in the video a few weeks back, uh, but they, she wants the eradication of cleansing the world of Christianity and the Jewish people, okay, once again, there's also that common thread uh, in the new age movement, okay, now why would that be important? Because there's going to come an antichrist, an anti-messiah, anti-God regime on the planet. Okay, and what are they going to do? They're going to go after the Jewish people. The Bible is very clear about that. Okay, and just uh, guess who is going to uh, disappear from the planet before that? The church. The, the church, the Christians. And guess who thinks that that's going to be a good thing because they want them cleansed too? Guess who they preach are the ones stopping the harmony of the earth and the New Age movement from marching? Same constant thing. So she believed that. She promoted that. In fact, listen to what she said. She said that they, the world needs to reject not only Christianity, but the Jewish uh, inheritance, was her words there, and the Jewish Bible as a prerequisite for entering the age of Aquarius. Right? So the world has to get to the point, she believes, if we're going to make this cosmic leap into this new age, as we saw before, the age of Aquarius, you have to get rid of the Christians. You have to get rid of the Jewish people. But where are we marching for in the world? It's the same thing, okay? And that's, again, what she advocated. And again, the Bible is the only book on the planet that says, yeah, that's what we're headed for, mm, but it's not a good thing, okay? But that's what the demons are instructing her. Now, she enphrased this, and again, this is where we start seeing long before uh, people in politics around the world began to use it, the New Age began to use it, and she began to use the term New World Order. And she didn't use it just in a government sense. She used it in a religious sense, okay? When you hear New World Order, it's not just, oh, a one-world government, but again, it's one-world economy. We all need to have a just society and fair equity stuff. We'll get to that in a second, Lord willing. Uh, but all religions come together. And again, the Bible's the only book on the planet that says you don't want to be a part of that regime, the New World Order, because it's the Antichrist kingdom. But she used the New World Order for her gradual dissolution of the Orthodox Jewish faith. And she, her goal was the total destruction of Judaism itself. She taught a universal religion, universal uh, uh, spirituality that would get rid of all denominations, if you will. And stated that all religions originate from the same... Here's the lie again, remember? All religions, she said, originate from the same spiritual source, and humanity will eventually come to realize this. As, and as they do, the result will be the emergence of a universal world religion and a new world order. So she ties all that in together. But again, what is, again, the world marching towards? A universal religion. What's the same thing? Hey, get rid of all denominations. We're all one. We all come from the same thing. Don't you know all religions basically teach the same? And again, as we're going now in this section, New Age, and we've only gone through a few of the world religions, but which of them agree with each other? Rhymes with nothing, zero, nada. 
That's right, you guys got all three correct. And I don't have enough gum to throw at all of you guys. But no, excuse me, it's one of the most ridiculous statements ever, but that's the lie. That's the, that's the syrup that's constantly thrown out there to seduce people, even the Protestant church. Oh, yeah, we all got to get along. Okay, but that was her premise. Oh, by the way, those who aren't going to be a part of this is Christianity and Judaism. You've got to get rid of them. Now, she found, as we saw last time, the arcane school. Because, again, these people not only have these beliefs, and this, of course, is pre-Facebook. Believe it or not, there was a world before Facebook uh, and, and cell phones and TV and stuff. Okay, and so they used the tools of the day to get the word out. Okay, and she founded a school. Okay, and it was called the Arcane School, and to begin to disseminate her teachings, the spiritual teachings, and uh, to organize what was called the Triangle Programs. Okay, remember we talked about triangles before? Okay, and that's why typically when the world wants to make fun of the New Age and downplay it, like, oh, it's just a very small, tiny sect of society, it's just those weird fringe people. No, it's not. New Age ideas are everywhere, even in the church. Okay, but again, the premise with the triangle thing is the triangle is made up of how many sides? Rhymes with three. Okay, you got it right. Thank you. Okay, three, right? And so that's what they believe is that if you got to have at least three people and you create this triangle force and they can meditate, they can bring this thing down. But that's what she was doing. It's called the Triangles Program to bring people together, groups of three, for daily meditation and study. And the belief was these triangle groups could receive energy through meditation. In other words, get into an altered state of consciousness and these beings will come in through you and disseminate through you into the world. Now, what do you think was really going on there? Demonic stuff going on, right? And what you're dispersing in the world already is something spiritual, but it ain't from God. Okay, it's demonic stuff. And again, remember what they want. They, want, they need that eclipse point. We're going to see another term for it, okay, uh, tonight, but it's the old harmonic convergence, right? If I get the hundredth monkey thing, right? If you get enough people thinking the same thing and disseminating this light energy, then we can create this new world order. Humanity will make the cosmic leap, and these triangle programs are going to help bring that about on the planet, okay? Uh, and again, she uh, used a lot of New Age books, or she wrote a lot of New Age books to help disseminate and things of that nature, but she was also considered one of the early ladies behind the Feminism, right? Oh, you mean feminism has a spiritual element to it? Yeah, it does. Because you know what feminism does? It destroys the Judeo-Christian order of things. Remember, you got getting rid of who? What's the two entities? Christianity and Judaism. And the Judeo-Christian ethic that our country used to be founded on, no wonder it's been attacked. Because you got to get rid of it. If you're going to have this new age arise on the scene. She was considered a liberated woman before it became popular, and that's a quote, okay? And she was very similar to this lady that we saw back up here, Basant, okay, was also with that. So you see even New Age and this spirituality, okay, uh, false spirituality in the feminist movement. And this, of course, gave rise to a bunch of other people that we're going to talk about, Lord willing, maybe next time uh, as we're getting uh, more and more uh, to uh, closer times with like Oprah and others of that nature. Uh, she was also behind the human potential movement, right? And that's basically what we've talked about before, is it's all about self and humanity just needs to realize just how awesome we are. And it's kind of the same premise behind Hollywood, against all odds, it's always those great adventures. You know, the world's going to blow up, here comes an asteroid, oh, we're doomed, but humanity saves the day. It's always at the outside. We rise up, humanity can win, and it's that same kind of mindset that's going to usher people into the seven-year tribulation, right? And it might be part of the clarion call, of uh, the Antichrist uh, when the seven-year tribulation starts. She was also involved in music and, and things of that nature had an influence there. Now, so that kind of finishes her up. Now let's get to the next guy, and this is a Catholic guy. And believe it or not, the Roman Catholic Church, shocker, uh, is unfortunately, with all due respect, involved in a lot of this baloney as well. Now, this guy is Pierre Teilhard de Chardin. We'll just call him Charlie for short. 
okay? And, uh, but Chardin, uh, this guy, he was born 1881. He went to about 1955, so we're getting closer. He was a French philosopher and a Jesuit Catholic priest. He was also a paleontologist, a geologist, and this guy was big in evolution. Now, is the Roman Catholic Church big in evolution today? Yeah, if you can believe, you're supposed to be Christian, which you're not, but you're supposed to be, right? But then somehow you disagree with the literal Genesis accounts and you believe in evolution, the lie of evolution. It's easily demonstrated a lie. Why would you want evolution? Because guess what the Catholic Church is a part of? They're a part of the New Age movement. I'll demonstrate that in a second. And what lie do you have to have if you're going to pull off the New Age movement? Not only the lie of physical evolution. Remember this. Don't ever forget this. This is the big thing needed for the last day's lie of the Antichrist. You not only need the lie of evolution to create a God godless society, right? Because what you believe determines how you behave. And that's what evolution does. Does away with the intellectual, you know, uh, idea that there needs to be a God. So if you do away with God, with physical evolution, then you become a godless society. So why are we getting so wicked today? Because of this lie that induces godliness, okay? Or ungodliness, okay? And, And so, but again, they not only need physical evolution for the last days, you need the lie of spiritual evolution, but you're not going to fall for spiritual evolution until you got it in your brain, physical evolution, right? Because the whole underpinnings is mankind. Okay, we never see anything changing, and we don't see apes giving birth to humans today. We don't see any proof of whatever. But hey, somehow we're ready for another evolutionary leap, but this time it's not physical, it's spiritual, right? So I'm telling you, you have to have the live evolution for the last days, not only to create a godless society, but to prepare people for this uh, godless lie, the Antichrist kingdom. Anyway, so he was big time uh, into the live evolution. And believe it or not, this guy was one of the guys behind the discovery dun, 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 of Peking Man. Now, how many guys remember the 42 studies we did here on Wednesday night uh, on the Witness of Creation study, and you memorized everything we studied? Bobby, we just talked about lying earlier. What's going on? That's two, buddy. One more strike, and you're sitting in the back row. So, no offense, Victor, you're there because you want to be. But uh, anyway, <laughs> I'm sure of it, I think. Anyway, but anyway, so he's the Peking man. Now, if you guys remember in the section we did on special creation, six uh, weeks we did on taking a look at all the supposed mechanisms of our evolution, how it's supposed to happen, natural selection, embryology, blah, blah, blah. We also looked at the live ape man. Remember, we're supposed to evolve from Neanderthal man and Nebraska man, Nebraska man. Remember that one? That when you looked at it, it was just a tooth. And it wasn't even a human tooth, it was a pig tooth. you got to be pretty good to whip up a guy and his wife from a pig tooth. But anyway, these guys are good. They're professionals, folks. they got big-time degrees. But uh, anyway, whatever. So this guy, he was involved with another one, the Java Man. Remember all the ones we went through, okay, if you recall? Well, he, remember the Peking Man. This guy, he was one of the big guys. Yeah, we found this discovery. This is how much he was into evolution. Well, Peking Man, for those of you who don't remember that study, listen, uh, there were some bones of some supposed man-like creature that was found in... Peking, China, hence the title. And, um, but uh, only skulls were found, okay? But they did find some few human tools. They go, oh, well, it must be human, it must be... No, okay? Uh, they never found any lower skeletal parts. Uh, no, and, and what's interesting is of all the examples that they found of this supposed Peking man, every single one of them had the back of their skulls smashed in, okay? Now, that just so happens to match the results of other remains that they find in that region, uh, for the remains after people, humans, go and hunt monkeys. Because they hunt the monkeys, because what do they do over there? Sounds gross to us. They eat monkey brains. Actually, monkey brains, as crazy as this sounds, okay, is a delicacy over there. That's, that's big stuff, right? Monkey meat, they say, is tough. I don't want to find out. But anyway, so monkey. And so, but apparently what they do, and so they go over there, and what do they do? I've actually seen some, I had to close my eyes one time, but they pop a 
in the table, and they literally just, and they're still alive, man. They pop them in the head. They eat their brains. It's slow. Okay. But anyway, so what do they do? They just throw them in the trash, throw them in the ground, right? So it turns out this so-called Peking man wasn't even a, a monkey at all, or wasn't even human at all. It was just monkey. And, and every single one of them had, it was humans, remains after eating monkey brains. But that was their big discovery to prove evolution, amongst others. So, so this is the guy, okay, the Catholic guy who was big in evolution, uh, who was uh, promoting this, okay? But he also got into New Age again, and because he was so entrenched in physical evolution, okay, he made the leap, and he's credited as the guy that's really been pushing this, even, uh, even though other ones are pushing it too, but he gets a big credit for it uh, in our times today that he makes the leap to, well, if we evolve physically, then maybe mankind's going to reach a point where we could evolve spiritually. It came from this guy. But you could see why he promoted that, because he bought into this lie. Okay. Now, he, he not only believed it spiritually, but he came up with a point that when all mankind's going to converge into this spiritual leap, okay, the phrase that he used is called the omega point. Doesn't that sound manly? Doesn't that sound important? It's like, okay, but anyway, that's right. He called it the omega point. And this was supposed to be the maximum level of complexity of consciousness towards which he believed the universe was evolving. Wow. Okay, but anyway, that's what he believed. Uh, and you're thinking, oh, this is just some unfortunate guy, some subsect of uh, Roman Catholicism, and nobody. Pope, uh, uh, Pope John II and Pope Benedict XVI wrote glowingly about this guy. He's awesome. He's incredible. Okay, so uh, they're on board with this guy's beliefs. Okay, also another thing that we have seen before uh, that the Vatican is also promoting, guess what? UFOs, this higher evolved race. Again, they're in evolution, so, right? And they're trying to position themselves. This is easily documented. It's not from joeschmo.com. They're trying to position themselves to be the spokespiece people on planet that the Vatican is the one who gets to make official disclosure when our space brothers come and land on Earth. Okay? So again, they're, they're hook, line, and sinker into all this. It's not just unbiblical what they teach, okay? And it's not Christianity, but they're involved in the New Age movement. And certainly anybody who's not a Christian, when the rapture occurs, they're going to be left behind, right? So if, in fact, Roman Catholicism, which I believe, based on what they put out, is not biblical Christianity, uh, then guess what? They're going to be left behind, which would include who? The Pope and the Vatican, right? So you better have some good excuse while you're still here, Right? But if you're already preparing people with this mindset, the new age, that, hey, the reason why these people disappeared on the planet, first of all, you've got to get rid of Christians and Judaism, according to the new age, right? Then that was a good thing. And then you tell them the lie, hey, it was the Space Brothers who came and got them. They, were not, they didn't reach the omega points like the rest of humanity. They didn't make that cosmic evolutionary spiritual leap like the rest of us. We're the chosen ones. Hey! And you can see people falling for it. And this is exactly what's going on right now as we sit here. Uh, in the Vatican. It's getting that close. In fact, he said during a conference, this uh, 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 Chardin guy, he said in a conference in Paris, quote, for the observers of the future, the greatest event will be the sudden appearance of collective human consciousness. So he said basically there's going to come a point in time and all of a sudden mankind's just going to make this switch in consciousness, the omega points, right? Now, he wrote a book called The Phenomenon of Man, right? He's got all these cool titles. And he described that how this is going to be a phenomenon and we're all going to unite with Christ. They're saying, well, that's a good thing. No, his version of Christ is the New Age Christ. They were all going to have this, uh, he called it the Christogenesis. Ooh, right? And that how we're all going to merge with the Christ consciousness, you know, part of this thing. And you're like, well, how's that going to happen? Well, again, if you think a hundredth monkey theory, harmonic convergence that we've been talking about before, this cosmic leap, he had a term, listen to his term. Okay, I'm not making this up. Okay, 
he believed it was all contained within the newsphere. Huh? That's pretty wild, isn't it? Now, believe it or not, he believed, his teaching, this is from the Roman Catholicism, the newsphere was the sphere of human thought. And whether you guys realize it or not, it is encircling the earth right now. Yeah. Wow. Anyway, so. Anyway, so, uh, so the new sphere is supposed to be like another layer on the atmosphere, right? But this thing, is, it's got the collective consciousness. Now, remember what we saw with the Aquarian gospel, right? And that was supposedly got from what? Remember the, 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 the library, the occult library that people are supposed to be tapping into, right? The Akashic records, right? And they're tapping into it and getting all the secret knowledge. Well, his version, the new sphere, that's right. And, and that he believed that's uh, mankind's. But if we can get enough people... Okay, with the right human collective thought, okay, and activate this new sphere, right? And if enough people can tap into it, then it's going to propel mankind into this omega point. Now, another uh, term that they also had for this mindset, the new sphere, uh, is out there. It's called collective consciousness, or here's one you might have heard, the global brain. You might be more familiar with that terminology. But it's that kind of thing that once humanity, we all just get thinking right, it's going to usher in, again, his terms, Omega Point, or this called the Aquarian Age, the New Age, Aquarian Gospel, etc., blah, blah, blah. And, uh, but basically, that's when mankind is going to fully realize that we are all Christ, right? We're all little gods, okay? And again, Pope John Paul II, Pope Benedict XVI, uh, speak glowingly of this guy. Uh, he's actually, believe it or not, he's honored with a feast day. This guy is honored with a feast day in the Episcopal Church. Like, wow, how about coming up to the National Catfish Day or something? Dude, what are you doing? <laughs> I mean, if you're looking for something to do, I know sometimes you're thinking of an activity and you're scraping the barrel, but come on, right? <laughs> it was like, wow, okay. And of course, he's very influential, not only in the Catholic Church, which has influences everywhere around the globe, okay? And if you got two popes behind you, I don't know where Pope Francis is on this, but if you look at Pope Francis' statement where he is, it's in print that he is willing to baptize an alien, I'd say he's going along with this too. So you got the last three popes in a row, okay, uh, who are going along with this new age thing that comes with this uh, Chardin guy, okay? And, uh, but anyway, so he's the guy that's uh, responsible for that, and then he, of course, died in New York City. Now, this leads to another guy. Now we're going back over to Europe. You might be more familiar with this guy. This is a guy named Benjamin Cream, okay? Cream, Cream, however you want to pronounce his name. He's a Scottish guy, okay? And uh, author, esotericist. He's got a website out. And I'm going to share some from the website. He's still alive today. This guy's still alive, okay? Still doing the same thing on the planet today. And uh, there's, his website is share-international.org, okay? Or you could just type in share international probably on a search engine, and it'll take you right there. And uh, we'll get to the reason why he calls it share international, okay? But anyway, he asserts that the second coming prophesied by many religions will come in the form of a world teacher named Maitreya, okay? Maitreya is actually a Buddhist term, as we saw, if you recall back in our Buddhism study. But anyway, uh, but uh, he believes that in the future, that Maitreya, this Maitreya is the world teacher. Now, world teacher, why is that important? Because remember back with these guys who started theosophy, okay, uh, which again, theos, God, uh, study of, okay, this is supposed to be divine knowledge, you know, more, and again, they get it from demons. They're all channeling, getting it from an occult source, okay? But uh, what they teach is that uh, uh, a world teacher is gonna come. Well, this guy takes it to another level, the world teacher. And this guy, and we'll get to that in a second, he says that the world teacher is here on the planet now, just waiting to 
And that's what's different. The other ones say he's coming. Uh, the one entities we saw, they said it was this one little person that said, no, that's not me. And anyway, whatever. They thought he was alive back then. But this guy's saying he's on the planet here now. We'll get to that in a second. But anyway, so he says this world teacher, this Maitreya figure, uh, is that what all religions are hoping for. So it's basically kind of like the false prophet kind of uh, mentality uh, that's going on here. And uh, other names that he says that he's also called besides Maitreya uh, is the Christ. You know, that's the, so we can seduce the Christians. Uh, the Imam Mahdi for the Muslims, the Krishna, and of course the Messiah. Pick your term. And he believes that he is the avatar. Notice that word is a Hindu term. But again, that movie franchise is starting up again. Hmm, just in time. Uh, avatar of the Aquarian Age. And again, notice how the Aquarian, Aquarian Gospel, Aquarian Age, Age of Aquarius, okay, that's starting to be used more on a regular basis. Okay, that's a common thread with, with New Age. But anyway, so, so you go, well, how'd this guy get into us? Where's his influence come from? Well, at the age of 14, he became interested in the Bible. And he, no, sorry, in the occult. And it's good, it's a... 14, it's a, good, it's a good thing that today we don't see teenagers, young teenagers, 14-year-olds being seduced into the occult, whether it be school or movies or the internet or games. Yeah, happens all over the place. And he became interested in the occult, and he read a book called With Mystics and Magic the Magicians in Tibet. And he also became the vice president of the Aetherius Society, that's a UFO religion based largely on... Theosophy. So once again, you always see that uh, typically uh, coming up uh, there. He met this guy, 1958, George Adamski. If you're not familiar with him, he's one of the most uh, well-known. If you're familiar with UFO abduction occurrences, uh, he's probably the most popular uh, back in the 50s, the guy that this uh, supposedly happened to. But anyway, he uh, says he first made contact telepathically with his master, capital M, back in 1959, who asked him to record his messages. So he's into this occult stuff he's getting these messages from demons and they said you need to record this and then he began to speak it out uh starting in 1975 in london and a central message surrounded the emergence of a group of enlightened spiritual teachers who could guide humanity forward into the new aquarian age of peace and brotherhood based on principles of love and sharing hence share international Right? That we just need to lay down our arms and have a one world leader rule us. And then it's all going to be just like warmed over communism and everything will be the same and we'll all have the same amount and there'll be no rich and no poor. And it sounds like certain parties today that want to take, take from people who have to... Whoa! So maybe some of this mindset's even in politics today. Very interesting. And so he goes into that and begins to preach that message, if you will. And at the head of this group, uh, as the head of this group, uh, he, again, would, is the avatar, the Maitreya, the world teacher, uh, the awaited one. Uh, and, uh, but he was also not only into that uh, with the theosophy mindset, but he was also into the teachings of, guess who? Bailey, who we got uh, just finished up. Then in 1982, believe it or not, if you guys recall this, uh, he began to take out ads, invest serious cash into newspapers around the world saying the Christ using the Christian version, the Christ is now here, okay? And uh, he announced uh, and said that he would announce his existence worldwide on television broadcast. He actually predicted today uh, that Christ would appear Monday, uh, June 21st, 1982. And then about a month before that, he had this big press conference on May 14th, 1982, in L.A., believe it or not. Over 90 members of the media attended and heard him to announce that Maitreya, 
he said, was living in the Asian community in the Brick Lane area, East London. And if the media would make a serious attempt to seek material in London, he would reveal himself to him. Okay? Never found him, whatever. But he called this, when he reveals himself, it's called the Day of Declaration. You know, it's almost like somebody else that's going to appear on the scene after the restrainer is removed, the Bible talks about, and there's going to be a, a special day of declaration. And, well, that's the term that he uses. He says, The Christ will come on world television channels linked together by satellite, and all those with access to television will see his face. He will establish a telepathic rapport with humanity simultaneously, and while the, quote, Christ is speaking, everyone will feel far more love than they have ever felt before, and that massive outpouring of love will cause hundreds of thousands of miracle cures to take place simultaneously. Now, we know that the false prophet, Revelation 13, is going to seduce people into worshiping the Antichrist, right? That's clear. We've read that many, many times. Okay, but it says there he does it with what? False lying wonders and miracles. Right? So this guy's going to do some global miracles. He's even going to cause fire to come down the sky, one, one text talks about, right? to dupe the whole world and thinking he's got these supernatural powers, but it's fake, it's counterfeit. Right? So do we have any technology on the planet that somebody could fake that nobody knows about? They think it's supernatural, but it's all technology. You could push a button on the planet, and then all of a sudden people could hear a voice in their head? Yeah, it rhymes with harp technology. We've talked about this before. You can do that. In fact, then at the same time, now you can hear a voice, and it sounds like it's coming from in your head. Okay, remember we talked about the sonic weapons that DARPA has worked out? They could actually point it to a person, and it's, it's, they'll actually uh, can speak into a microphone, and this gun that you point it to the person, it turns the person's head, and it bounces off the back of the skull, so the sound doesn't come outside of you. It sounds like it's coming from in your head. And this was the technology that they used, at least reports that I've read, over in the Iraqi wars, and that they would use on the soldiers over there, thinking that all is telling them to lay down their arms and things of that nature. So a lot of interesting technology and sound technology, but that's a whole other study. But anyway, so, so you put this on a global scale, and you can make people sound like they're hearing a voice inside their head on a global scale. Also, with the exact same technology, uh, you could send out a frequency that resonates with the human brain. And if you, if you saw before, based on the frequency, if you go to a certain point, then you could induce a state of rage. But if you crank it and start going the opposite direction, uh, then you could create a state of euphoria. It's all chicanery. It's all electronics that can be done on a global basis. So can you imagine a guy says, okay, here it is, and all of a sudden people, it's time for the day of declaration. And we're going to dupe these people big time. They're going to think it's a spiritual event, a mass awakening, right? Aha, the omega point, it's here. Oh, and they hear a voice inside their head. All over the world in their own language. Lies, smokes, and mirrors. All current technology, but most people have no knowledge. But that's what he says. When this guy happens, that's what's going to happen when this guy uh, makes his appearance. Then, of course, uh, they didn't find him, so he makes another prediction in 1997 uh, that this Maitre would appear on television and be interviewed around the world. Uh, quote, this time there was far less media interest. <laughs> yeah, you burned him the first time in 82. But anyway, so then he makes another one in 2010, not that too long ago in January, that, and he said that the Maitreya had already given his first televised, but we just didn't recognize it. So he's throwing out these clues and whatever, and people are doing, based on his clues, they said, aha, we think we found out who you're talking about, and there's this guy named uh, Raj uh, Patel, and uh, per, per, pretty much backed him into a corner, and he's, oh no, uh, uh, no, it wasn't him, uh, uh, he, he's not Maitreya, because the guy denied it, okay, and uh, then they said, but he, he's really out there, he, he's here if you look for him. I'm looking at this in my nose, I'm going like, this has got to be like the worst case of where's Waldo in your life. You know what I'm saying? For the news media. I was like, come on, man. 
Anyway, so anyway, so then he's got, he's not alone. He's got a worldwide network of volunteers helping him to promote this. Okay, he's also big in these things uh, called crop circles. You guys heard of that? If you hear anything you know about New Age, crop circles and UFOs go hand in hand. Okay, now the crop circles are supposed to be signs, according to this guy, that the Maitreya is here, right? But it's also supposed to be proof that the aliens are real. Okay, and because the, he says these crop circles are created by the UFO Space Brothers, and they're trying to send a message to us. And also, one of the messages that these Space Brothers are here to help us is to try to help clean up the planet before we blow it up, right? So they're really heavy duty on environmentalism, etc. And it's like, you know, we talked before, hey, uh, you want to see how bad the, God's going to mess up the planet? Read what happens in the seven-year tribulation. And if you think that was bad, uh, read at the end of the millennial kingdom, Second Peter uh, kicks in. Uh, he's going to blow up the whole planet and the whole universe and start all over again, right? And uh, so anyway, but, uh, but that's what he believes. And, and then, then, then uh, crop circles, of course, are being all over the world. And, uh, and specifically, and I quote, uh, they appear all over the world, but the majority of them are in, listen to this, southern England. It's weird, that's weird. Anyway, so southern England, and uh, you know why? Quote, because Maitreya is in London. <laughs> it's like, whatever. Anyway, so he's, he's doing it. But he kind of gloms on everything and says, see, see, I'm telling you, this is a sign this guy's here, right? Anyway, so who is this Maitreya guy? Okay, what's the whole premise? And I get, I'm, now I'm sharing just directly from the actual website that's still live, still available, because this guy's still alive today. He's still doing this all over the world. And this is it. At this great time... You can almost see our world. Has anybody noticed the world's getting worse? As you know, it's, it's just escalating. It's out of control. I mean, it's just like almost, in, it's, it's hopelessness. And, you know, I mean, I don't know how people do it apart from Christ, right? I mean, it's hard enough as a Christian, but wow. Okay, you can see our world being, in my opinion, prepped to just, we need a world savior. We need somebody to put our planet back together. You could see this being done on purpose, in my opinion, to create this heart felt response to get suckered for the big one coming down the pike. That we need this world leader to lead us out of this mess. Anyway, so listen to this. Listen to how they phrase it. At this time of great political, economic, and social crisis, Maitreya will inspire humanity to see itself as one family, to create a civilization based on sharing economic and social justice and global cooperation. It will be a shift in social priorities so that adequate food and housing and clothing, education and medical care become universal rights. And all that stuff, and it sounds like people today. Okay, but how are you going to do that? Okay, well, he didn't do the triangle program. He did something called transmission meditation. And that's what you do when you're on I-15 and your, your transmission goes out. Right? So, <laughs> please, get it going. No, that's not what it is. It's something different, Larry. Thank you for that laughter. Uh, but he says, uh, basically, it's his version of the, you know, again, you got to meditate Right, and then we're going to transmit. You're going to get an altered state of consciousness, and you're going to transmit this spiritual, which is demonic power, and then you're going to create this and create an atmosphere for Maitreya uh, to reveal himself. Okay, and that you could redirect this to humanity, kind of sneak up on people, right? And you're going to be a light bearer, get to help be a part of the solution they believe, and blah 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 blah. But now you're thinking, well, that's just a fringe group. Listen to this: there are more than 600 transmission groups in 40 different countries. And we're not talking about big old tires or Midas. We're talking about this, this actual new age. This is in 40 different countries. People are doing this around the world. And this is just his. And again, you got this group over here, and you got this group over here, and this group over here. People all around the planet are really buying into this thing. We all just got to get along. 
okay? And we're going to meditate our way there. We're going to all get into these occult practices, and we're going to make that switch. Yeah, you're going to make a switch all right, but that's some spirit you don't want to be a part of. And again, he promotes this, that guess how many people he suggests you have? Three. There's your three again. There's your triangle, okay? Now, he's got his signs, okay? And uh, he says, signs of the imminent emergence of Maitreya, the world teacher and his group, the masters of wisdom are all over the place. Uh, his first category, and this is from their website, supposed examples, crosses of light, uh, have apparently appeared in California, nine other states in the United States, many different other countries, Australia, New Zealand, India, Philippines, UK, and Germany. Uh, supposedly, uh, when people look at these lights, uh, miraculous healings have been reported and uh, attributed to these crosses of light uh, because they feel this healing energy emanating from them. Uh, communities have uh, reported transforming effects. Apparently, it's reduced crime, uh, helped get rid of drugs and stress has decreased stress uh, with these uh, supposed lights. Uh, there was actually one, I'm not making this up. Okay, I'm not kidding you. But again, what you're gonna see is, uh, you're gonna see a lot of a, a Catholic superstition uh, mixed into this. And I'm not joking, I'm not making this up. You can, I think it's still on the internet. Uh, this was, man, what was this, probably four or five years ago. Uh, it was one of the South American countries, but somebody was saying, there's a vision of the Virgin Mary in the sky. 50 people lost their sight because they were staring at the sun. It's crazy, crazy, but people are hungry for what? It's, it's a lie, right? Anyway, so these lights are supposed to bring that. Uh, patterns of light, not just crosses of lights, are supposed to be uh, that, uh, announcing his presence in the world. Uh, supposed to be appearances of visions of guests. Of course, you got to throw in Jesus, supposed to be of, of Jesus uh, and this Maitreya, but also guess who? The Virgin Mary, right? Are people experiencing visions of Virgin Mary all over the planet? Again, who do you see who's also getting snookered into this New Age movement? The Catholic Church, big part of it, okay? Also, what comes with the Catholic Church is their emphasis on the Virgin Mary, which is kind of interesting because it's not a man who rides the beast. It's a woman who rides the beast. The woman typifies the one-world Babylon harlot system, the one-world religion that initially works with the Antichrist, okay, in the beginning, and then God allows the Antichrist to destroy her, part of a judgment, okay, uh, the Bible talks about, but it's a womanly figure. Interesting. You also see with the rise of feminism and the environmental movement, Mother Earth, Gaia worship, feminism, they want to do away with the patriarchal God, have a female deity. You, all, you see this whole woman spirituality taken off on a global scale. Very, very, very interesting. Okay. Uh, then supposedly healing wells have spawned uh, uh, in uh, Mexico, Germany, India, attracting thousands and other random phenomenon, Tom. Hey, that run. Do, 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 do. So, but anyway, uh, uh, statues, supposedly statues and icons, weeping tears, uh, real blood, supposedly coming from statues and icons, even pearls, okay? Uh, and extraordinary, I'm a direct quote, of Hindu milk drinking statues. Hey, it's on their website. Uh, ho holy, I talked to you this about this before, you thought I was kidding. Holy messages in fruit and vegetables. If you popped open your apple and there was a message on there, what would you do? Yeah, or throw it. <laughs> Sweet-scented healing oil, uh, weeping from icons and paintings, uh, spectacular colored lights in the sky, and listen to this, quote, a Lebanese girl weeping razor-sharp crystals. I guess that's where the blood comes from, too. I don't know. That's crazy. Uh, and other encounters with angels and things of that nature. Uh, and peace miracles. Listen to what he takes credit for. Uh, such as the ending of the Cold War, the fall of the Berlin Wall, and the end of apartheid in South Africa. Apparently, as he's 
accredited with Matreya. He's on the planet. See? Anyway, uh, and again, even there was one example on their website of the Weeping Virgin Mary of Las Vegas. Hey, we made the big times, right? And again, you're seeing that supernatural, or supernatural, that is supernatural in a bad sense, um, but you're seeing that uh, uh, Roman Catholicism, this Mary worship, that's right in line. But I had to name this one. I had to pick this one. I'm not joking. Here's, here's one of their big signs. It's right here highlighted. Believe it or not, this is one of the big signs that Matreya is here, Tom. The name of Allah on eggs and beans. There you have it. Now, if ever there was a bad combo, Allah, eggs and beans. Wow. <laughs> anyway, whatever. But anyway, listen to this. And he says, but the real miracle, I kid you not, the guy that supposedly saw Allah inscribed on eggs and beans. But the real miracle occurred when he gave some of the beans away. Like, it's a new age jack and a beanstalk? What's going on here? You've got to be kidding me. All right, so this leads us to another guy. Uh, his name is Spangler. Okay? He's considered, if you will, the father, even though uh, of the new age movement. But again, you're seeing a whole big giant trail, and that's what I want to bring out to you. And, and this guy, he's still alive today. Again, we're getting to people that are still on the planet, still preaching this stuff. Okay, and he's considered a uh, practical mystic. Uh, he got involved into the occult uh, action when he was young, six, seven years old. Uh, he was over in North Africa, Monaco. His dad worked for the CIA. He got assassinated. And, uh, and then uh, he uh, felt that he was clairvoyant and aware of non-physical entities. Kind of felt sad for the guy. Just like, man, this was right after his dad got shot and murdered. And maybe he was just having some, you know, hard times. But he got, man, he got seduced into this. And, um, and he felt that at that time he had this, quote, merging with the timeless presence of the oneness within the cosmos. And then he even supposedly remembered his prior existence, uh, as well as the process of him deciding to become David Spangler in this lifetime, uh, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. So anyway, so he basically uh, hooks up with some other people who are into channeling and things of that nature, right? And uh, he's still kind of a teenager. And he was asked uh, to speak for this group, this youth and the new age group. Uh, he came back over to the United States at this point in Phoenix, and he was, uh, did so well, apparently, that he basically, his career took off, and he began to uh, preach uh, all over the United States and stuff as a, a, a good speaker for New Age. Uh, and then about 1970, he moves over uh, to Britain, and he visited a spiritual community over there called Finehorn, right? And uh, named so because they're over there trying to find the horn they lost uh, three years earlier on a vacation trip. Now, I don't know why they called it that, but anyway, so Finehorn uh, claimed, uh, uh, and he was told by a spirit that he needs to go to Europe for his next cycle of work. So he ends up in this Finehorn community over in Britain. So you go, well, what's Finehorn? Well, listen to this. Here's where you're going to start to get into your UN tie. And we're going to get into that, Lord, one, a couple of studies ahead. But Finehorn, believe it or not, right now, still in existence today over there in Britain. Okay, it's one of the largest intentional communities in Britain. Thousands of residents live here. Okay, it's like a, it's like a, a new age eco-village okay, from more than 40 different countries. they got uh, businesses. They have an alternative medicine center. Again, as we saw a lot of these things, new age is uh, seducing people into, right, uh, with this. they got no formal doctrine and creed, just basically come one, come all. they got these workshops, new age workshops, and they have this eco-village that they created there. Uh, in fact, this Finehorn eco-village was awarded by the UN the Habitat Best Practice, and uh, they work with the UN and help with the UN training centers. So, and I'm telling you that we'll get to that. That's the tip of the tip of the tip of the tip of the iceberg 
of how new agey the UN is. And again, they've taken over our curriculum system here in the United States for the last several decades, okay, and uh, it's, it's been disseminated now. Anyway, so this Finehorn community was uh, by this caddy guy uh, and his wife, another lady, Dorothy McLean. And so basically their focus was, quote, on the Christ within, that we're going to become the Christ, right? And uh, so they believed that they, they were channelers, got into this demon stuff too, and they believed they were in contact with extraterrestrials, right, who's given them this special insight that mankind needs to hear, blah, blah, blah. And uh, as soon as his, uh, the uh, place they were staying found out they were into this stuff, they kicked them out. So that's what was the impetus for them to, okay, we're going to make our own community, right? But listen to this. The, uh, Dorothy McLean and the, the other lady and his wife, uh, Eileen Caddy, okay, listen, she recorded that she heard a voice that said, quote, be still and know that I am God. That's a big phrase in New Age. Now, it is a biblical verse, what, Psalm 51, right? Okay, but as we saw before, that is one of the most abused passages in Scripture, right? But it has become a clarion call, not only for the New Age, but as you see these people who are promoting contemplative prayer, right? Listening prayer, breathing prayer, prophetic prayer, it's you're supposed to sit there and just be still in this meditative and wait for the Spirit, hopefully, of God to make contact with you. Right? And this, the rallying cry is this verse. Now, as we saw, as you're seeing now, not only is the New Age using that, and they fully use it for a meditative state to channel, and the church says, oh, no, that's not what's happening with us. That's not even what the verse means. As we saw in the context, I don't want to belabor it too much, in the context, be still and know that God. In the Hebrew, it's basically this, shut your mouth and know that I am God. The context is God judging the nations, and he is God. He will do whatever he wants to do. Be still. Another, shut your, in the Hebrew, look it up. Shut your mouth. Be quiet. Knock it off. Right? Who are you to talk back to God? What's that got to do with new age or being quiet? Crazy, but it's coming into the church. Okay, I had to share that. But she also developed, because they're eco-village, right? And she, she was big into uh, not only alternative medicines and things of that nature, but growing food. Right? Everything's all natural. Now, is there anything wrong with natural foods? No, not necessarily, unless you're growing chickens. Uh, but anyway, so... Uh, <laughs> Hey, free, I've actually, can you believe it? People actually tried that argument on me. Well, Pastor Billy, it's a free-range chicken. I don't care if it's in jail, okay? It's still a chicken, so <laughs> Oh, you got me. I'm going to convert to chicken. No, I don't think so. But anyway, so, <laughs> so they're into these farming practices, right? But it's not just farming practices. They bring their new age into it, right? And they make contact with what they call divas, these little spirits in the garden, right? Little leprechauns, little fairies. And these, they're helping them to grow their fruit even bigger and stuff like that nature, and we don't see any kids' cartoons promoting that kind of, yeah? And so that's what they believe. And then they actually believed it. And believe it or not, listen, and they did create exceptionally large vegetables. <gasps> well, their spiritual new agey practices, inviting the spirits to help grow their vegetables, is working. No, and I quote, locals from outside the community who feel that the garden's success can be explained by, and I quote, the substantial amounts of horse manure donated by a local farmer. <laughs> Liars. Anyway, whatever. Anyway, so, but th these are the guys that are training the UN on these eco principles. And uh, oh, oh, they also have another term uh, called sustainable development. Now, if you're familiar with our final countdown studies, when you see sustainable development, translate that for population control. Because they want a sustainable planet. What they perpetuate is the lie that our planet is overpopulated. Has anybody ever flown, has anybody drove through the desert? 
Has anybody flown in a plane, looked down on the ground? We got a lot of room. Right? But they, to, to do, uh, do people, they show, they show downtown Beijing, China, New York City, L.A. Oh, look everywhere else. It's wide open. But they believe in the new age that humanity is a cancer upon the earth. We're no better than the fleas, the bees, and the trees. And these utopians in this age of Aquarius believe that they're going to be at the top. 90% of the planet needs to be annihilated. The rest of us, to become one with Mother Earth, Okay, we need to go back to living in these villages and these huts and everything's all natural and spiritual like the American Indians and we'll commune with the trees and the spirit behind the bear and all that. This is what they're teaching. These are the guys who are instructing the UN who's disseminated across the planet. As crazy as it sounds, folks, that's what's going on. Oh, by the way, did you notice, I, this blows me away. Uh, there's, a, there's a show on TV, what's it called, Tiny House or something like that? Tiny House? What? Now, that's probably the only dwelling I can go into, and I do feel like I'm a Nephilim. Okay, so that might be the only benefit I can come up out of that scenario. But who wants a tiny house? What tiny? Listen, when I first got Granny's not here. When I first got married, <laughs> we, got, we got duped on our first apartment, man. I call it the Cracker Jacks apartment, man. It wasn't the model that I picked out a week before. Right before we got married, right, and of course I moved in a week earlier. Then of course we got married. Then Brandy moved in. So, but man, that was what was the probably well teeny tiny thing, right? Tiny tiny apartment, man. And during those moments when we had intense moments of fellowship, you know, being in a tiny area, you wanted some space. And so I'm going, and so I'm sitting there going, tiny house, tiny crazy, and people are giving up their homes and everything for these tiny little things. Tiny. Can I throw you a crown theory your way? You know what they're preparing? The, the millennials down below and coming up who've been indoctrinating this new age baloney and population control and they don't even know it, it's preparing them for you're a cancer on earth. You're leaving too big of a carbon footprint and you need to get conditioned to somebody telling you where you can go, what you can do, where you can live, how, and, oh, and by the way, if you can live. Okay, that's all part of that preparation, believe it or not. So, Anyway, that's just a little chrome there. They're also working with what's called the Global Eco Village Network, or GIN. And again, that's big with that. So anyway, so this, this David Spangler guy, he's going over there. He's a part of that. Um, but he since came back, and he's uh, started another outfit over here called the Lorian, L-O-R-I-A-N Association, uh, here in the United States, and he's still going on today. Now, I'm going to... Uh, oh, we are not going to get to that video. But I'll get one more. Because this one is where you're starting to see inroads into the church. And this is a lady called uh, Helen Schuchman. Okay, Helen Schuchman. Okay, and she's a psychologist. Oh, there you see the psychology getting into this again. Yeah. And uh, from New York. And uh, she died in 1981. Uh, but she's best known because she came up with what, and you might have heard this, a course in miracles. Well, it must be Christian. No. Okay, but she did say that the contents, uh, she transcribed this, okay, because she heard a voice that told her it was Jesus and told her to write this down, this course in miracles, okay? Now, she didn't want to disclose that she was the author of this material until after she died, which I thought was very interesting. So anyway, so she was born uh, to uh, some Jewish parents, believe it or not, and a prosperous family, and uh, her mother dabbled in, guess what? Here it is again, theosophy, okay? And what's wild is she also got involved into, the family got involved into Christian science and the Unity Church, 
Okay, and you go, what, what's that? Well, we're going to have whole sections on that, but let me just give you, here's what she got. She only got into the occult theosophy. She got into these two things. Christian science, real quick. Uh, Mary Baker Eddy, we're, again, we're going to have a whole section on this. We'll deal with this much later. Uh, she spent many years in Bible study, prayer, and researching various healing methods. Mary Baker Eddy. So it must have been Christian. Hey, did you know that people can study the Bible and they still aren't Christians? Can I tell you something? Some of the most... With all due respect, mean people I've met really know the Bible. But they don't live it. You could study, the, you could have it all right here. But if you don't know Jesus, what in the world did that show? Okay? I, I got a guy in, that I used to pastor in New York. He was the number one kid who won Awana Awards. Now, am I against Awana? Do I promote Awana? Absolutely. Get the word of God in kids' brains, okay? But to show you that there still has to be, as good as that is, there has to be a point when they accept Christ as their Savior. Otherwise, it's just still stuck there. Okay? But he eventually got involved in the skinheads, went into jail. Okay? And then it was the shock of he got placed into jail. Right next to him in the next cell was his dad. And it was the shock of the reality of the moment of his life that he had ended up just like his father in jail that God used as a tool to eventually lead him to Christ. So, hey, knowing Scripture is good, memorizing, I'm all for that. And hopefully that provides a platform for kids. That's what we're all promoting what want to. Hey, just knowing scripture and praying and reading Bible, that doesn't save you. Okay? But anyway, so she's in that. But Christian science uh, teaches that God cannot indwell a person. God is mine. God is father and mother. The Trinity is polytheism. Jesus was not the Christ. He's not God. Uh, Jesus did not reflect the fullness of God. Jesus did not die. There is no devil. There is no sin. Evil and good are not real. Matter, sin, and sickness are not real, but only illusions. Life is not material or organic. The sacrifice of Jesus was not sufficient to cleanse from sin. True healings are the result of true belief. Okay, in other words, and so it's not Christian and it's not science, okay? And she's considered, though, a big revelator of the Word of God. What? Very similar to, again, Seventh-day Adventist and their prophetess, Ellen G. White. We'll get into that later. But Unity School, so she was involved in theosophy, and what I just read, very quickly, Unity Church was a split-off of Christian science by this guy named Phil Moore, uh, who came up with this in Kansas City. His wife was raised a Methodist, and uh, they got involved in Christian scientists, but they broke away. He added into this whole mix what I just read to you, all the false teachings, uh, reincarnation. So he got some Hinduism in there. But listen, he says, problems disappear when you think correctly. That is, when you think according to the principles of divine mind as revealed in unity. Now, what does that sound like? Word of faith teachers today. Remember, we did the research, and their belief system came from Hinduism. This guy's into Hinduism, Christian science with the mind. And that it's the, what does the word of faith say today? That it's the power of your words, that you need to speak the right words. You have to have the right minds, the right words to speak perfect health, perfect wealth. Per it's all the same baloney. Okay. Anyway, so she was 12. Shukman, she was 12. She had this spiritual experience uh, back in France. She grows restless in her 40s. She begins to study psychology. She actually had a tenure at Columbia University. She worked with this guy named William Thetford, and uh, he's the one who helped her transcribe this uh, course of miracles it happened over a period of seven years apparently it started she was at her desk or somewhere and all of a sudden she heard this uh, voice that said this is a course of miracles write this down write this down or something like that okay and she resisted for a long time but it kept persisting this is a course of miracles write this down write this down and eventually she gave into it obviously demonic and over a course of seven years with this guy helping her transcribe she wrote this thing down okay well eventually uh she uh passed away and um after her death of course it's revealed she was the author of it 
And uh, she died, of course, in 1981. Her longtime friend, uh, Kenneth uh, Wapnick, uh, after her death, uh, created the foundation of the Course of Miracles, copyrighted her work, okay? And uh, it consists of a, a text, a workbook, and a manual for teachers. I'll get to that in a second. And so she died in 81. So in the 80s, sales of the book actually took off pretty good and increased every year. However, the largest growth in sales occurred in 1992 when it got exposed on guess whose show? Oprah Wan Kenobi. We'll get to her, Lord willing, uh, next week. Yeah, more than 2 million volumes sold. Okay, do a lot of Christians, unfortunately, watch that show? So guess who got this material? Uh huh. And her work, this Course of Miracles, which is all demonic, it's all from channeling, okay, and it's not biblical, okay, what it promotes, okay, it's literally considered one of the major books of the New Age movement, along with the Aquarian Gospel and things that we saw later. Okay, it's a 622-page textbook, 478-page workbook, 88-page teacher's manual, and states that everything in time-space is illusion and that God is only love. Anybody hear that before? comes from this demonic thing called the Course of Miracles. And that the Son is regarded not as Jesus, but all of collective life. That we're all part of the Christ consciousness. And listen how it twists verbiage of Christian words. According to her, seeing the, quote, face of Christ in all living things is how we accept the atonement. What a twisting thing, right? right? And that, when, that's the point when we awaken from the dream and return to the eternity of God. And hence the title is called A Course in Miracles because the miracle is this. The miracle is when you make the conscious choice to make this mind shift. So you take this course, experience the miracle that we're all the Christ. Part of it. Isn't that a bunch of baloney? Right? Right? But notice how it uses uh, Christianese, Christian words uh, to do people uh, in that. In fact, you're thinking, well, that's not ever going to fly. And I quote, the danger of a course of miracles is that it uses Christian vocabulary, attempts to sound Christian, and quote, many churches have been deceived by the sound of the course and have actually used the material in Sunday school classes and other church-sponsored activities. This is being taught as we sit here in churches today. It's a good thing there's no other material out there floating around that's just new age through and through that churches are getting into. The shack. Who said the shack? Oh, and other things of that nature that people, it's new age through and through and churches are eating up. They're actually having Bible studies over it, which is an oxymoron because it's not biblical. And listen to this, the Wapnut guy the, who took over and created the, after she died. Listen to what he said. At least he was honest. This, by the way, is translated in 22 different languages. It's going all around the world. He said, quote, if the Bible were considered literal and true, then from a biblical literalist point of view, the course would have to be viewed as demonically inspired. <laughs> Rhymes with duh. You guys want to repeat it? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. I mean, he even admitted it. Can you believe that? But this is now being taught in the church. And I'm telling you, folks, that's the tip of the iceberg. Once we get to the point next, we're going to see Shirley McLean, Lord willing, next time. And then we're going to get to Oprah. And then we're going to get into, because of Oprah, some of these other things like the shack and other things that are coming into the church in mass. And I've actually was, if you could believe it, would argue with Christians, telling them, what are you doing studying that? That is new age through and through. Their version of God is a woman. Is that even biblical? How could you study something like that? How could you bring that into the church? And they'll say, oh, who do you think you are? It's like, what? They don't even see it coming. Okay, and they resist you when you're trying to warn them of stuff coming into the church. But Oprah has popularized this so much 
Um, that's why it's even coming to church, because Christians are watching that show. And they get seduced into that uh, as well. But we'll get into that, Lord willing, uh, next time. Well, hi, this is Pastor Billy Crone of Sunrise Baptist Church and Get a Life Ministries. And I hope you enjoyed today's study. But in closing, before you go, let me ask you one final question. If you were to die today, are you sure that you go to heaven and not hell? You see, here's the problem. The Bible says that nobody automatically gets to go to heaven. And that's because God is holy and we are not. The Bible says that the wages of our sin or our unholiness or the wrong things that we have done have separated us from God. And the wages of our sin or unholiness uh, means that we deserve to die and receive God's judgment to go to hell and not heaven. In other words, we're disqualified for heaven. And that's because God being holy and us being not, the two cannot mix. So what are we going to do? Well, that's bad enough. The other problem is we don't even want to admit this dilemma, even though God already knows it all. And so out of love, God gave us something called the Ten Commandments to show us that we're really disqualified for heaven. We're not holy. We're not perfect like him. Uh, let's take a, a look at just a few of those uh, here today. Uh, the Bible says, the Ten Commandments says, you shall not bear false witness. That means lying. How many of you have ever told a lie before? Well, those of you who didn't raise your hand, you just did. Okay, let's be honest, folks. Let's not tell another lie. We've all lied. Well, believe it or not, that disqualifies you for heaven. That's how holy God is. He is the truth. He does not lie. And so that makes us a liar. Another of the Ten Commandments says you shall not steal. Okay, how many have ever taken anything without permission? Well, all of our hands should have went up at that one. Uh, we've already said we're a bunch of liars. Okay, well, we've all done that. And it doesn't have to be a bank. Uh, it could be a pencil in the third grade. Uh, that means that we're a thief, okay? The Bible says that God is so holy, even his name is holy. And that's why one of the Ten Commandments says, you shall not use the Lord's name in vain. Hey, folks, isn't it ironic how uh, now the blessed name of Jesus Christ, the Bible says there's no other name under heaven by which men might be saved, Jesus Christ, has now become a cuss word? Folks, the Bible says that's the sin of blasphemy, okay? And folks, let's be honest. We've used God's name in vain uh, before. The Bible also says in the Ten Commandments, you shall not commit adultery. And Jesus takes the standard even higher. He says, listen, it's not just physical adultery. He says, surely I tell you that if you look at another person with lust in your eye, you've committed adultery in your heart. God looks at the heart. One more out of the Ten Commandments says, you shall not murder. And you might say, well, hey, I haven't done that one. Really? The Bible says that the sin of hatred is akin to the sin of murder. You, in other words, in your heart, wish they were dead. You pulled the trigger, if you will, in your own heart. And the Bible says God sees that, and it's just as bad. He knows the mind. He knows the hearts, the thoughts, and the intents that we have. Folks, that's just five out of the Ten Commandments. How are you doing? Not very well. None of us can keep them. They're God's x-ray to show us that we're disqualified. And so when, not if, your time comes, because we're all marching towards the grave at different speeds, you're going to have to stand before God. And you're going to have to uh, say who you really are. He already knows. Hey, God, let me into heaven. Uh, I'm, I'm a liar. I'm a thief. I'm a blasphemer, adulterer, and a murderer. Folks, the Bible is clear. Such people as these will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. That's the problem. Here's the good news. God so loved the world that he sent his one and only begotten son, Jesus Christ, 
that whoever believes in him, what he did on the cross on our behalf, that we will not perish, we will not go to hell, but he will give us the gift of eternal life. Jesus died on the cross to forgive us of all of our sins. It's something that we don't earn. We, we, we can't earn. It's a gift, the Bible calls it. And a gift cannot be earned. He was taking the death penalty in our place. That's what the cross was of the day. And that if we would just ask Jesus Christ to forgive us of our sins and believe that in our heart that God raised him from the grave, showing that his death is satisfactory to God to forgive us of all of our sins, no matter what we've done, the Bible says we shall be saved. Uh, the Apostle Paul says that if we confess with our mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the grave, we will be saved. Let me give you a common analogy of what God's doing and what he did for us with Jesus dying on the cross on our behalf. Uh, in life, we know that people uh, can be sentenced for a crime uh, to where they're actually on death row. Uh, the courtroom scene has completely finished. The gavel has already sounded. Uh, they are going to jail and they're just awaiting their time before they go to the death penalty. Uh, as they're sitting there in the jail cell, uh, it, it's a proven fact they did what they did. Everybody knows it. They're just waiting for that time for their uh, number to come up, so to speak, and walk down that hall and be executed. Uh, there's nothing they could do to reverse their crime. No amount of good works in that jail cell can reverse what they've done. It's too late. It's over. But believe it or not, there's one way that people even today can get off a death row. And that's if the one in authority, the governor, if he were to, out of mercy and kindness, nothing that the person did, because they don't earn it and they don't deserve it, and they can't earn it, if he would grant them what's called a pardon, out of the kindness of his heart, he has the authority to grant them a pardon and absolve them completely of their crimes uh, against the state. And did you know that there's actually been people that this has happened to, that the governor, out of mercy, has granted them a pardon as a gift, and they've gone down to the jail cell and handed that person, extended it through the bars, here, I'm granting you a pardon. If you would just receive it, you can go free right now. And did you know that there's actually been people who've said, no, I don't want your pardon. And so what happened is of their own doing, even though they had a way out, they still had to go to the death penalty. Folks, can I tell you something? That's what God did for us with Jesus dying on the cross. He sent his son to take the death penalty in our place. He, God, has the authority to grant us through Jesus a complete pardon. And every day that you're still alive, God is extending to you spiritually this pardon. But a pardon does you no good unless you reach out and receive it by faith. Won't you do that today? Won't you call upon the name of Jesus Christ? Ask him to forgive you of all of your sins, to trust in his work on the cross, to pardon us from all of our crimes, our sins against God. God loves you. He wants a relationship with you. But there's only one way to heaven. It's Jesus. There's only one way to get off a of death row. It's through the cross of Jesus Christ. Won't you do that? right now well this has been pastor billy crone of sunrise baptist church and and get a life ministries and if there's anything that we can do for you uh please don't hesitate uh to contact us uh our number our information will uh come up here on the screen shortly and uh, uh if there's anything we could do for you please don't hesitate to let us know uh thank you for uh joining us and uh remember i hope to see you 
in heaven. God bless.